Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me writer and author Art Bell. Uh, his new book recently come out called Constant Comedy, How I Started Comedy Central and Lost My Sense of Humor. If you want to learn more about him, his website is artbellwriter.com. Art, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thanks, Jen. Yeah, well, I'm extremely ecstatic to speak with you considering how, um, I don't know how I managed to do this art, but during the pandemic, I signed up for stand-up classes. <laughs> I wanted here, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, with a local nonprofit that uh, helps uh, veterans and military family members uh, learn the art of uh, stand-up and comedy and all that good stuff. And so, you know, when I was reading my notes before we got started, I was like, oh man, I'm talking to the man that started it all. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't invent stand-up comedy, but... Uh... Thank you for that. All right. So, Art, I'm just the reason why I bring that up is because uh, you helped start uh, Comedy Central for the first eight years, at least in your involvement as programming and marketing. Um, wow, that was just such a long time ago. I, I mean, Comedy Central, I mean, I, I definitely I'm a millennial, so I, I wasn't there in the you know early stages when it all started. But um, it's interesting to me that uh, at the time. Um, and I have this in my notes here at the time, people thought it was just like, what, the stupidest idea to have a comedy show on air. And here it is today. It just kind of becomes Comedy Central is this household name. So so what are your initial thoughts on that? Kind of looking back and knowing that you were part of that. Well, listen, first of all, I'm very proud to be part of something that is still existing after 30 years. I mean, it's great yeah. looking in, in your rearview mirror and seeing something you worked at and were so and passionate about. Uh lasting this long yeah. and comedy has really gone on to be one of the great comedy centrals, one of the great brands in comedy history, along with Saturday night live and national lampoon and mad magazine. I'll throw that in probably the all time greatest. Um, so yeah, I'm very proud of the whole thing. You are right. When I first mm -hmm. pitched the idea, uh, I got a lot of pushback. Yeah. People said, what do you want to, and nobody's going to want to watch 24 hours of comedy. I, I really kind of was confused when I first started in the television business. I thought, why is there no comedy network? That was my mm. thought because I wanted to work at one. I loved mm -hmm. comedy, but there wasn't. And I realized when I started pitching that people just thought it was a kind of a stupid idea and it was expensive in those mm. days, you know, starting a channel was expensive. And, um, you know, there was a conviction that uh, comedians wouldn't want to be on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And here we are. <laughs> and here um, we are. Yeah. I mean, wow. That, I mean, that's just incredible. Tell us about, tell us what comedy looked like at the time. You know, like you said, there was no channel. So was it mainly just, you know, local comedy, uh, you know, places like stand up places? Like, what did it look like for you at that time or at, at that generation? Because, you know, I'm a millennial here, so I'm <laughs> I'm learning history right now talking to you. Yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, stand up is just a part of comedy. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's just a part of Comedy Central. There's also sketch. There's sitcoms. There's comedy movies. There's comedy shorts from the old days. There's classic comedy all kinds of comedy. I loved it all. Yeah. And one of the things we thought about at Comedy Channel and Comedy Central as we put those things together was we really want to be a celebration of comedy. We really want to show people comedy in all of its breadth. And I think yeah. we've been, you know, I think Comedy Central has certainly lived up to that. But that was our going in proposition. You ask about stand-up. Mm -hmm. Stand-up was just really starting to 
you know, the wave was really growing around that time. Mm-hmm. Previously, stand-up clubs were in the big cities. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the mid-80s, you started to see stand-up everywhere. I used to say, you know, at any Holiday Inn with a four-inch riser, somebody would get up with a mic and do 10 minutes. And that's mm-hmm. that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Richard Belzer, in, uh, he's a quite a notable stand-up com- comic of the day, said in Rolling Stone magazine, 1987. You know, in the old days, kids wanted to grow up and be Mick Jagger, you know, or a rock star. Now they want to be comedians. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a real change. And that, yeah. that is what was going on. It was a real enthusiasm for comedy. Yeah. And, you know, me being the novice I am in stand-up, which, you know, ob- I am understanding, like, obviously, that's not the only, you know, thing that represents comedy, as you mentioned. Um, it's a lot of work to craft a joke. You know, so that's that's what I'm finding. Like I, I took a three hour workshop last year and in that three hour workshop, I managed to get like one decent joke like the, that workshop, which is dedicated to putting one joke together. And even even till now, I, I wouldn't go back to reuse it. I have to really craft it to make it funnier. But like to be able to do comedy 24 seven to have a whole channel is astounding. Um, and so I just I can't. I can't, I have to, you know, take this moment to just applaud you for, for starting it, you know, and, and it just, and the fact, I mean, I know there's a whole production, a whole team, there's just so much behind that channel for it to continue to keep going, but it's just astounding to think that I think we, at least for me, I took for granted the art of comedy, you know, even though it's like, you know, you can tell a joke within a couple minutes, maybe even less, like it takes a lot to be able to know that that's going to work for a wide audience. So to be able to have a whole channel again, like I said, astounding, it's absolutely impressive. Oh, thanks. Um, you're right. Stand-up comedians, even good stand-up comedians, they labor to get ten the first 10 or 15 minutes of routine. It's 10 yeah. or 15 minutes is an eternity when you're trying to, as you point out, when you're trying to write your routine. Yeah. I think that um, comedy writing is very difficult. And the great comedy writers, the people who really know how to do it, are some of the funniest people on, on earth. And they don't even perform. Mm. but so so really it is a, a skill and a talent you can learn it so good for you for study yeah thanks art well you know when you're stuck in a pandemic you try to get creative <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of time on your hands uh so you know as we're talking about being the founder of comedy central art um you have your book is very astounding to me the title of your book so i'm going to read it for everyone the title and the subtitle because we were talking offline how apparently most people don't read the subtitle but i will read it because that's what i do so your your book is called constant comedy how i started comedy central and lost my sense of humor which I think the average person would be like, what do you mean? Like, how did you lose your sense of humor? So tell us about this book. Well, the reason I subtitled it that is because I think people like you and a lot of people who've grown up with Comedy Central didn't really stop to think about the fact that it came from somewhere mm. and it wasn't really launched out of a canon fully formed and, and, and very successful. Yeah. On the, on the contrary, it was a complete failure when we launched. I went to, seriously, I went wow. to work every day for the first probably six months or eight months thinking, okay, they're going to shut us down today every Mm -hmm. day. And every day I had to think about, okay, what am I going to do today? What am I going to do more of today? That's going well. And what can I do less of that's going badly in order to keep this thing moving forward? It was really something. And the subtitle comes from uh, a conversation I had with the chairman of HBO. He was Mm -hmm. my boss at the time. He was the one who said, yes, let's do a comedy channel. Mm -hmm. And he called me in after four or five months. We were getting ripped to pieces by the press. We had no audience. It was really quite something. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, Art, it took a comedy channel to get me to lose my sense of humor. And 
I didn't laugh and he didn't laugh. And, you know, there we were. <laughs> right. Because it, it was real. Real to work, you know? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. And to be able to just kind of capture that moment to be the subtitle of your book, I think, is uh, is very clever. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit about this offline too, Art, that um, I think what's most fascinating about you is typically if you are in the arts, if you are a creative, you're not really good in business. And yet, you know, not only were you an executive, but you had a creative side. And it sounds like that was, you know, having that too, um, you know, skill sets, I guess you would say is, was really, I think was really what carried you. And I think in those initial eight years, like, tell us about that, having that rare skill set, you know, to, in addition to being an executive to also having that creative side. Well, I think it's, it was very helpful. I will point out that mm -hmm. I had to develop both the executive side of me and the creative side of me. Mm. When I started Comedy Channel, I was pretty young. I was a pretty new executive. Mm -hmm. uh, executive. I wasn't even an executive until then. Um, <laughs> but I was, you know, I had been doing financial analysis at HBO mm. for a couple of years before this whole thing got started. And I walked in and the first thing when I was teamed up, teamed up with the head of comedy at HBO to put this channel together, first thing he said to me is, what do you know about comedy? And the answer was nothing. I mean, I was a fan. I loved it. I thought about it and studied it all my life. But in terms of being a creative person, a creative executive at all, I had yeah. no experience, zero. So I really had to sort of watch and teach myself. Yes, I always had a creative side. I played music. I performed in college. I wrote comedy. I, I loved writing and now I'm writing full time. But it was something I had to develop. Same thing with the executive side. I committed to myself after the first time I managed something, somebody, and it didn't go so well. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, people think management is like, oh, yeah, you just man, you tell somebody what to do, they do it, piece of cake. Yeah. That's not what's going on with managing, management. And I had to learn how to become a good manager. So mm -hmm. I learned both at the same time. And by mm -hmm. the time, you know, 10 years later, I mean, after I got left Comedy Central and I was on to other things, managing creative teams, uh, it went a lot better. And w one of the people, one of the, my head programmers said to me at one of my future jobs said, you know, you're the first boss I ever had who really understood what we do around here. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times uh, creative people are reporting to business people and man, mm -hmm. that could be like this. Right. Right. It's like, there's that disconnect because maybe the business person is just looking at the bottom line where the creative is like, oh, but I need time. I need to craft this. Or, you know, it's just a very different mindset. I feel like it's a very different, like left brain, right brain, <laughs> you know, kind of mindset. Don't, don't forget. Mm-hmm these are businesses. So even if, you know, even if I was sensitive to both sides, I was still responsible for keeping the business going, yeah. making money, revenue. And even if it wasn't me, somebody up there, you know, we were working for Time Warner and Viacom. Those guys are about making money. If we weren't mm. making money, it's over. We they didn't care how good we were. So it, it really is worth in the television business. And that's one of the things I talk about in my book. Yeah. It's really worth considering how creative endeavors take place in corporations and it happens a lot and it's hard and it takes a certain kind of skill set to to maneuver that yeah absolutely i mean it's a i'm sure it's an artwork and like you said you really dedicated um to your you dedicated to yourself to commit to you know understanding the creative side as well as being the best executive that you could be right exactly so, right yeah so art something that uh a lot of people tend to find very interesting about your story um, in business today is that you found that businesses are especially anxious to have people working in their companies operate like 
uh, entrepreneurs or intrapreneurs. Yeah, uh, tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. Intrapreneur. You know, that wasn't even a term of art when I started. It, yeah. Um, but a few years later, somebody said to me sort of casually, oh, yeah, you started Comedy Channel, Comedy Central. I know all about you. And he says, you're an entrepreneur. And I said, entrepreneur, never heard mm. of it. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, people who start businesses within other businesses. Mm. Now, we know that a lot of corporations have new business development areas. Mm-hmm. And I almost chuckle when I say it because so many businesses find it hard to develop new businesses. Why? Yeah. They're afraid of competing with themselves, number one, you know, right off the bat. Uh, and number two, they're really just not built for that kind of creativity slash risk management, you know, mm. where somebody has to be really, really passionate about it. Because what happens in corporations all too many times? You want to keep your job, you keep your head down right. a little bit, you want to please your boss, you know, all those things are going on. When I started Comedy Channel inside HBO, I wasn't keeping my head down. As a matter of fact, I had yeah. to sort of say, hey, look, we really ought to start a comedy channel. And I had to say it with a lot of passion. Yeah. I had to lay out my vision. And I still got a lot of blowback. Like, it'll never work. What are you crazy? We're not going to bet on that. I mean, that was the process. Yeah. And the thing is, new businesses developed in uh, in corporations. That's how corporations get bigger and better. Mm. So yes, you're right people are trying to figure out how to get that kind of innovation going and how to train their people to be innovators, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. Yeah, absolutely. And I I appreciate you uh, mentioning that just because, uh, yeah, I think the average person working in corporate America wants to keep their job and like maybe slowly climb up the ladder, but to, you know, even for you to just come out of nowhere and say, I want to start a comedy channel, (laughs) you know? And uh, I I just, how, how many um, how would you say, like, what was like the time length before they they finally gave you the green light to go with it? Well, I didn't start pitching. I, when I got to HBO, I was there for a few years and I talked about it. Again, yeah. I was nowhere near programming. Mm-hmm. I was working in finance and marketing analysis and stuff like that. Um, and I talk about it and I talk, uh, I get the sort of, well, sounds like an interesting idea, but I don't think anybody's mm-hmm. ever going to do it. It's expensive, blah, blah, blah. So finally, the project I was working on, uh, was canceled. So I was hmm. sort of out of a job. So I said, look, I'm just going to go pitch the head of programming at HBO. Cause like, what do I have to lose at this point? So I went in, pitched it. She said, terrible idea. It, it'll hmm. never work. Don't even think about it. Thanks for coming by, but it's not going to happen. Boom. So I'm out. And then I started thinking about, okay, how can I get this thing out there? Why don't I just write it all up, staple it to my resume and send it to Viacom and some of the other places around town. Maybe I'll get a job. As luck would have it, somebody came by and said, what are you working on? It was my boss's boss. And I showed him, Hmm. hey, let's go talk to the head of, uh, uh, the chairman of HBO. And that's what we did. Now, the time from the period, I guess the the moment I thought about why isn't there a comedy network in the world was years earlier when I went Hmm. into the television business, maybe four or five years earlier. Mm -hmm. But by the time I actually pitched Michael Fuchs, the chairman of HBO, you know, a lot of time had elapsed. And even some time had elapsed between the time I pitched the head of programming and the time I, I pitched Michael. And then it was, you know, another nine months or a year after that before we launched. 
Yeah. I mean, just like what you said earlier, if you really want to push for something, you have to have a crazy, crazy passion for it um, and really advocate for it. And that I think that just takes a lot of uh, resilience and a lot of just like, you be, you know, conviction to be like, this is what I want to have. And so for you to have, I mean, it started off as a thought and, you know, your colleagues sort of just kind of like, you know, brushed it away, like, eh, you know, maybe not, that's not going to work to eventually, <laughs> you know, being able to make your way to the top, um, you know, I think is really, really astounding. And so two, two things, Passion mm-hmm. and vision. I mean, one of the ways I sold this in was I told the chairman of HBO, you know, if this thing works, we will be the center of the comedy universe. Mm-hmm. And he just, you know, thought that was a great idea. And also yeah. I said, you know, and I also said, look, if we don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. And then they're going to be the center of the go. creative, you know, the, uh, of the comedy universe. And that was also very important to, yeah. uh, to Michael Fuchs, who was trying to run this business. Yeah, I really played into the the fear of loss, <laughs> fear of losing out on exactly. a certain opportunity. There you go. <laughs> Good job, Art. <laughs> the old carrot and stick routine. There you go. <laughs> I really want to get, the next thing I want to get into is really uh, talking more about advocating for a certain idea. Um, I know that you have a four-step approach, but before I do get into that, Art, just let me know, is there anything else you want people to know about your book, Constant Comedy, How I Started Comedy Central, and Lost My Sense of Humor? Well, just this. It's a memoir. It's not a history. It's not an autobiography. It's really about my perspective, my memory of what went on, how it went on. And there's a lot about how I feel. Mm. People who read it always say, my gosh, you told a lot about yourself. You said you were scared. You weren't, you know, you were, you didn't know what was going to happen. Even though I had to keep up a good front at, at work all the time. I mean, believe me, it was tough. That all is in the book. And it's a real I think it's a real solid depiction of what it's like to work in a, in the television business and in a corporation in general. Yeah. Tell me what inspired you to write this book, uh, um, write your memoir. Well, I, I didn't intend to write a memoir or about comedy central. What I mm-hmm. intended to do was just write memoir. Mm. I I'd sort of finished with the business part of my career. I was doing some consulting, but I said, okay, time to write. I want to, I want to write. And I took a class in memoir and mm. I started writing stories about myself as a kid one day I came in to the class with a story about Comedy Central and everybody looked up and said, hey, we didn't know you did that. That's really cool. And it's funny. So uh, I wrote some more about Comedy Central. And after a while, I realized, you know, I've got not only do I have a lot of stories, but this was an adventure with a yeah. beginning, middle and an end. And there were good guys and bad guys. I was the good guy. And and it was really worth documenting. So yeah. I put it together as a book and that's how it happened. I love it. Yeah, I think that if you're because you were, I guess, in the thick of it at the time. And then eventually eight years later, when you moved on, you know, it was a thing of the past. You didn't think too much of maybe the impact or uh, just how impressive it is, you know? And so to be in this room, other people writing their memoirs and they're like, wait, Comedy Central? <laughs> it's like, you got to talk about that. So I'm glad you did because that definitely caught my eye as well. Um, you know, when I read your bio and, you know, also read the title of your book. Awesome. Good. Well, uh, Art, you have a four-step approach to uh, what do you do when you have an idea? And I think this is really important for our entrepreneurs that are listening to this, especially if they have an idea or maybe they are they are an intrapreneur and they want to present an idea within you know their, their uh, company. And so uh, go ahead and break that down for us. I think this would be great for our listeners to learn about. Okay. The first thing, and, and this again is based on my experience, the first thing to do is talk to everybody about the idea. Mm. I know that sounds weird. Some people say, oh my gosh, they're going to steal my idea. Well, you know what? It's hard to steal most ideas because people don't have the energy to do it, Mm. but they do have the energy to be critical of your idea. 
And that's important because what happens when you really have to get in a position where you're selling your idea? People are going to say, well, wait a second, it's too expensive. You want to be ready with, yeah, but here's how we can do it cheaper. Mm-hmm. And then they're, they're going to say, you know, what about competition? You're going to say, yes, I thought of that because you want to have thought of everything and talking to everybody about it. And I mean, everybody, your yeah. wife, your roommate, your kid, you know, everybody's going to have an opinion and, and something to say about it. Second thing, find people who can help. Mm-hmm. You know, people who can either champion in, champion your idea or advocate for you or give you some insight or maybe even partner. You know, there are people out there who are going to say, and I've done this in my career. Hey, that's such a good idea. I want in, mm. you know, very important. The third thing is don't downsize your idea, but be ready to compromise. Mm-hmm. Listen, on the road to making Comedy Central a success, so much of what we had to do was change. Mm. We had to change from the original vision. Mm. We had to change because we didn't have the resources. We couldn't get the programming. We couldn't get the people working on it. And also we were restricted by, you know, what our bosses and their bosses had to say about the Mm. whole thing. You were going to have to compromise. If you want to put that stick in the ground and protect it with everything you got may not happen. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth thing is very important. The fourth thing is, be ready to fail. Mm. You know, you're taking a chance. It's a risk. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs, I don't have any statistics on it, but you know, how many people try and start things, work their tails off on it, and they're good ideas and everything else. And for one re- reason or another, it doesn't happen. Right. If every one of those people said, all right, you know, forget it. I tried, it didn't work. I'm on, you know, I'll do something else. A lot of those people get back on the horse and say, okay, here's my next idea. Here's what I'm going to do next. So be ready to fail and understand that that's going to be hard, but it's not the end. Yeah. You know, my favorite, uh, first, uh, my favorite step art is really the first one is talking to everyone about the idea, because I think that just like what you mentioned, there's this weird scarcity mindset that if I share this idea, someone's going to steal it and run with it. But the reality is people don't like to implement things, right? Like it's more, like you said, people have, have, people will spend more energy critiquing than actually implementing something. And so I think that is good reassurance to our entrepreneurs that are looking for feedback, just kind of knowing fundamentally that people want to critique. (laughs) So give them that opportunity and use that to your advantage. Right. Yeah. Awesome art. Well, wow. I have really enjoyed our conversation today. Um, you know, as I mentioned, the thoughtful entrepreneur is all about uh, small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, any parting thoughts that you want to share with our listeners? Well, again, I mentioned passion and vision. Mm-hmm. Those are the two most important things. And you have to be passionate, regardless of what you're doing. You have to be excited because when you're excited, other people get excited. If you go in and w- without passion, it's it's just not going to have the same impact. So that's what I emphasize to people. And then finally, be bold and take chances. I tell everybody that because you know why? You lead a more interesting life that way. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I mean, there's, I mean, we're in the pandemic. Let's do something interesting, right? Let's be bold. <laughs> <laughs> Art, it's been such a pleasure having you on our show here at The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Thanks again so much for joining us. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And again, to our listeners, this is Art Bell, who is a writer and author. His website is artbellwriter.com. Also remember to check out his book, Constant Comedy, How I Started Company, uh, How I Started Comedy Central and Lost My Sense of Humor. Thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com dot com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or 
post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.